It's time to catalog minor catastrophes, tell our real life terrors, and manifest some mayhem. That's right. Let's crack open the anxiety encyclopedia. I'm Catherine McNally. And I'm Laurie McGill. And this is the anxiety encyclopedia. You know the drill. You get to listen in to us talking about the things that make us afraid and uh, making you afraid, maybe. So join us while we discuss. So this week, it's my turn. And I am feeling pretty nervous about online dating. Uh, To be clear, it's not because I'm doing it, (laughs) but rather because every time I think about it, all of these things bubble up to the surface. I get immediately tired and I like throw my phone across the room. Bumble is just mocking me from the last page of my home screen, unused, Mm -hmm. unlike active, but it's in there. And uh, I'm told that's the only way to meet people now. So that's pretty depressing. Yeah, it's not great. Bumble has given up giving me notifications. They're like, she's (laughs) never coming back. (laughs) I think Bumble is kind of like the Duolingo owl. (laughs) <laughs> where when you do do a lingo for a while uh or even you do it for like three days and it's like that's a habit and it sends you notifications and then it starts to get really passive aggressive and then it's like I guess you're not interested in this so mm-hmm. I'm not gonna this is how I imagine the duolingo owl's voice sounds so I'm not <laughs> gonna notify you again but uh if you ever want me you know where to find me and that's what I feel like Bumble is doing as well yeah Bumble doesn't ghost you it like passively aggressively walks its way out of your life. Yep. Um, but so there's, there's like a couple of different reasons that it's making me really anxious. The first is on a personal issues level that I should probably be working out in therapy. There's just a lot of vulnerability in putting, creating this profile that you're going to put out on the internet for all of these strangers to look at, like, yeah. uh, assess me. And then I think it's kind of, it's forced and awkward. It's an artificial environment, right? This isn't how we really meet people. This isn't who we really are. There's all of this pressure on top of it to be, to have like a connection right away, to have like a spark, to feel romantically about someone. Like, well, we talked for like six minutes. How am I, you know, or we went out once and then you have to decide. Yeah. So I don't like the pressure. I don't like uh, the vulnerability on the internet. I have FOMO. So (laughs) like, give me too many options. And then I'm going to be like, how do I choose one of these options? So those are, you know, like all the personal reasons that it's probably not a good fit for me. It's light phone addiction. Do I really need another app on my phone that I feel like I need to check? Um, I'm highly susceptible to the gamification of society that we're enmeshed in. And so am I going to try to win? at a dating app? I mean, yes, I am. But what does that look like? Nothing good. Yeah. So for all of these reasons, it seems bad. And then I look uh, at the internet and it seems way worse, according (laughs) to the internet. (laughs) So I have like three things in the world that have caused me to be hesitant about online dating. We're going to go from the least to the most severe. Okay, perfect. So the first thing is just that the internet it's just the general internet problem, which is that relative anonymity empowers people to just be the worst versions of themselves. And as a terminally online person, I see all of those articles that are compilations of like wild dating screenshots Mm -hmm. of conversations within the app. Men and women. I mean, I think men are a little more emboldened, but women be crazy on the apps as well. It turns all people's uh, like judgment center to mush. Yeah. 
their brains are just like, I'm going to say the first thing that comes into my head. It's like the playground at elementary school. Did you meet your husband on the playground at elementary school? I hope not. That would be really weird. Push you into the gravel? (laughs) To be clear, that was like, you were a child and he was a child. Okay, okay, good. In that scenario. Still would be a weird story. (laughs) Yeah, I... But Mm -hmm. people just come on, either they get like super aggressive, they come on really strong. You haven't even met in person and people are like, have pet names and are envisioning your lives together. Or people are just like really mad for some reason. They come on to dating apps looking to pick a fight. They're like, guess where I would like to go on a date. And then if the person guesses incorrectly, it's like, I guess you don't understand how to date people I'm like well Mm -hmm. not you um unsolicited pictures Ugh. no thank you no it's definitely one of those things like assume unless you're asked for it nobody's there's no we're not like playing coy no just hold on it's we're not we're not waiting no imagine I just like to imagine like having the confidence that someone wants to see my junk that bad. Like, dudes, no one wants to see your dick. Like a stranger. Yeah. Even someone you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm, definitely not. We don't know to have that confidence. Like, I think you need to be 100% sure you have that kind of relationship with that person before you just go out on a limb here. It's really hard to walk that back. You cannot put that toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, overanalyzing one thing that I said the other day and they're just like yep here's my dick I'm like was that one too many exclamation points and (laughs) And he's like whoops send to all a group message (laughs) (laughs) he's just seeing which girl it works best with there's no bccing on text messages (laughs) you can't like hide that you're using you know or whatsapp there's no no hidden (laughs) group message feature you gotta individually put those names into a new message Mm -hmm. you can't batch send um but really the point is you shouldn't be sending it all to return to the original takeaway like it's just a mistake always uh people get weirdly possessive before you've even met them in person again these are like the worst case scenario screenshots but there's a lot of them so come on they're like why haven't you responded so i was like i was at work yeah, like I do other things. <laughs> it just contributes, the the whole idea of dating apps contributes to the problem we already have, which is that everyone should be 100% available all the time. People get annoyed if you don't, just in the world, if you don't respond to a text or an email or a phone call in a timely manner, people get all annoyed. That didn't happen 20 years ago. It's like, no. I'll, you'll, I'll call you back during business hours or if it's personal, at dinner, you know? Uh. So there's that. It's just uncomfortable. Lots of uncomfortable conversations. And then the second thing is romance scams or love Uh, fraud. Tinder swindler. Tinder swindler. That is absolutely like the number one in February. A documentary came out about uh, Simon the Viev, not his real name, but the name he's currently going by now while he's out of jail, currently living it up on the internet still. Banned from Tinder. 
but like, not from well, other sites. Nice job, Tinder. Way to do the bare minimum. <laughs> They're like, well, I guess now that a Netflix documentary came out about him with our name in the title, we should cut him off. Do you think that guy is really like still being successful? Is he really still like tricking people? I don't know. God, I hope not. I don't know. I mean, it. I think it does get harder to actually convince people all my exes are crazy when you did have a trial around your behavior with your exes and yeah. they made a Netflix documentary. So he, this documentary followed just three women he swindled, but there were many more. Uh, he took that name on to pretend to be the son of a diamond mogul, which is so wild to me. I mean, don't you think people know when you're pretending to be related to them in a way to gain money? I just, it seems crazy. He had a history of fraud. He'd been a con man for a while. So I don't want to make it seem like Tinder, like created, you know, he wasn't Frankenstein's yeah. monster of Tinder, but just... it really gave him a path. Yeah, he's just using it as a tool. That's right. That's right. So he established long-distance relationships with this, these women. He love-bombed them. He seemed very charming. And then he conned them out of just thousands of dollars and got uh, really verbally abusive and, again, stole thousands of dollars from them. One of the women in the documentary said he's very smart about it. He doesn't ask for money the first time. Um and he, it's always like, he's in danger. It's really urgent. You're helping him. He plays mm-hmm. upon your desire to be, you know, useful, helpful. So this is a really notable example, the tender swindler, but it's not the only one. Um, online dating just creates a lot of room for catfishing. There was a podcast called Sweet Bobby. I hate to recommend yeah. other podcasts, but where a woman was being catfished and that didn't start through tinder but it is like a really open way to do it right you can pretend to be anyone i saw a questionable statistic that said (laughs) women usually like everyone lies on dating apps women usually lie about their looks men lie about their financial status they pretend to be i don't know diamond moguls for example oh my god it's uh it just makes it easier to pretend to be someone you're not. Not that you can't do that in person as well, particularly about money. The The FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, says romance scammers say they can't meet you in person. So that's a big catfishing sign, right? They might say they're traveling outside the country, working on an oil rig in the military or working with an international organization. Do you think that gets used a lot? <laughs> the oil rig one? I mean... Who, if someone's like, I'm working on an oil rig, I'm like, huh? This doesn't seem right. I am going to have some questions for <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want I, a victim blame, but also like oil rig, red flag. I don't know. I guess it makes it, it does explain away a lot of things, right? Why they can't meet you in person, why they're not reachable all the time because they're out. It almost feels like, most of these people are too easy to contact to be working yeah. on an oil rig. Yeah. I mean, like, make be more creative. Like, maybe you're on an expedition to Antarctica, you know, wow. like, live it up. Why oil rig? Well, that is an option, too, like, working with an international organization or living or traveling outside the country. So go big or go home. 
Okay. I'm a doctor. I have no borders, right? I mean, yeah. I could be anywhere except where you are, babe. Weirdly. <laughs> uh, they also, the FTC says scammers will eventually ask you for money. So mm. first they'll tell you they can't meet you in person. They are working the oil rig. So usually like Alaska, is that where they would be? I'm also just, I'm not looking to get into a long distance relationship with someone outside the contiguous 48 states. Yeah. Seems like that would be a tough thing to pull off. I find time zones very complicated. Yeah. I would just be missing every phone call. Yeah. I would have to do so much like math in my head of like what time it is here, what time it is there. Mm -mm. I mean, you can download the app called My Time Buddy, which is on my phone so that I can schedule meetings with people on the East Coast. But that's a lot of work for my personal life. Yeah. Right now I have a meeting every day, Monday through Thursday at 8.30, which is a little early for a meeting first thing in the morning, but it's better because originally it was scheduled for 6.15 because they are all East Coast. And so I was like, I'm not getting on every day for a 15 minute meeting at 6.15. Once in a no. while, maybe. Every day? No. No. I'm no. glad they changed it. <laughs> yes, they were very nice. It was fine. But I was like, ugh. Uh, so once they gain your trust, scammers will ask you to help pay for like medical expenses for them or a family member. They're going to tell you sob stories, buy their ticket to visit you, pay for their visa or help them pay fees to get out of trouble. And this is a red flag, even if it's not a scam, they may even offer to help you get started in cryptocurrency investing. Oh, any, no crypto. No, that's a big flag on the play. Like, oh, yeah. Oh. Mm -mm. Back up Matt Damon. We're gonna, we're not gonna do that. No, I could do that. There is. I was watching a reality dating show this week, and Which one of one? the Love Is Blind. Oh, okay, <laughs> I need to start the new season. One of the guys asked the women. It was weird because it was like he was stuck in 2009. Because first he was like, "I love the Jonas Brothers. My first concert was a Jonas Brothers concert." And if you don't love the Jonas Brothers, that's a deal breaker. This is a 26-year-old man. I need to watch this immediately. And then later he says that he asked several of the women if they had any Dogecoin. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it's a it's crypto, but it, it like had it was a flash in the pan, it had a moment, and then it was oh. gone. And um just a lot of things about him that Yeah, what? Jonas Joe bros yeah he was like I mean we would all marry one of the Jonas brothers right you have to <laughs> you have to admit it they're all and I was like I think they're all married they're but... all married maybe not the little one that no one cares about Frankie that's his name yeah the bonus Jonas listen <laughs> I watched Jonas on Disney when I was in high school oh my goodness okay but Frankie is actually doing a show with Kevin right now about oh. famous people's siblings. I haven't watched it, so I don't understand how it works. <laughs> um. So anyway, the crypto, there's a real big diversion, but the cryptocurrency is a big red flag. Yeah, that makes especially sense. Especially if they offer to help you investing. Invest. Yeah. I mean, investing is always a risk, but I would never want to invest with someone I was dating, even if they were good at it. Like, no. That's, that's going to mess like... things up when it falls apart, right? Right. I'm not even like, I'm going to buy these concert tickets with you because like, who knows if it, you know, in a few months. No. That's a good point. And with investment, it's both of those relationships have the potential to mess each other up. 
if your dating relationship falls apart and now you've got this guy as your financial advisor, that's a problem. If your investment falls apart, even if it's not really his fault, it's going to make things a little weird. Yeah. When you're having your call, your FaceTime on the oil rig and he's like, sorry, babe, <laughs> it's all gone. It's all gone. <laughs> the oil rig and the crypto investing scammers are like the same guy usually, but I like to imagine they are. Yeah. Um, but they earn their interest. And then finally, they're going to tell you how to pay like in the quickest way possible. So they're going to get, and so that you can't get it back. So they're going to ask you to wire money. Uh, they're going to ask for gift cards. That's I think more popular now is just give me an Amazon gift card. Give me an iTunes gift card. Uh, people used to, my dad used to talk people out at the Apple store of buying gift cards to give to, he could tell when it was like for a scammer. Mm. That's crazy. A money transfer app, or again, transferring cryptocurrency. They want to pressure you into acting immediately. And I think yeah. sometimes, well, one more thing is that the FTC said people reported a record $547 million in losses to romance scams in 2021, up 80% from the FTC reports in 2020. So, so what I'm hearing is that we are preventing ourselves from losing a bunch of money by not using Bumble. That's correct. You're exactly right. It's protective. <laughs> we are protecting ourselves. Well, I do think sometimes, you know, when we watch, I think it happens with cults too. We, we see these documentaries, we hear this story, and it gets really easy to put ourselves on, be like, well, I would never fall for that. I would never, you know, how dumb, but mm -hmm. they're just people and the scammers are really smart. And so they do figure out how to earn your trust in a genuine way. So that by the time they're like, my mom is really sick. Then you're like, invested. you're in a really weird position. You're like, yeah. oh, am I going to say no to life-saving surgery for this oil rig worker's mom? What do, what do you call someone who works on an oil rig? Uh, an oil rigger, obviously. Oh, a rigger. I think it, no, is that right? Right. <laughs> that sounds wrong. A drill, I just made it up. Drill man. A drillman. A tin know. man. Because of the oil? Sure. An oiler? Definitely an oiler. We got it. Uh. Anyway, help his mom. Whatever his career is. Maybe that's the first test. Like, so you work on an oil rig? What do you call yourself? And if it sounds that's, made up. Then don't date that person. Don't date that person. Just uh, no oil riggers, I think. Yeah, that's my new, one of my new deal breakers is, are you now, or do you have plans in the future to work long-term on an oil rig mm -hmm. and, or invest all my money in cryptocurrency? <laughs> so those are admittedly pretty dramatic examples, but I mean, that's a lot of money. Clearly yeah. they've got a good grift going. Yeah. They're getting a lot of people. They know who to target and how to do it. So I think that's, uh, it's a concern. Mm -hmm. And the third reason that I think we should be worried about online dating is because of murder. Yes. I was hoping you were going to get to that one. <laughs> you knew it was going to come around to this. <laughs> um, in 2018, Danielle Drayton went on a date with Samantha, Samantha Stewart. She was, I believe a nurse and he, murdered her. He beat and strangled her. He stole her credit cards and ran off. He was indicted just this year. Um, and he, they met on Tinder and he perhaps had a history of finding women on Tinder. 
In 2014, Oriana Wright fell from the balcony. It was like a 14th story of a man she was on a date with in New Zealand. Uh, he was ultimately acquitted of responsibility. His name is Gable Toasty, which sounds made up. And because he's not the victim, I feel comfortable saying that I'm sure I messed that up. Uh, Toasty. Um, he was in the house. There's a lot of, there's this weird evidence where there's like a recording that indicates that he was in the apartment. But what seems to have happened is that he, uh, forced her onto the balcony and locked the door after she became aggressive, perhaps, or they had an altercation. They had a fight. He forced her onto the balcony and locked the door. And she, the prosecutors argued that she felt so afraid that she tried to climb down the balcony to escape him while she was trapped out there. Um, this is and, the one that's like, did the Alexa record it all? Or I think, something? yes, that's right. There's a recording of the fight, of the altercation. That's where I believe that's where like the proof that he was inside the apartment when she fell came from. But I will also just say that he has, uh, as recently as 2020, he had another run-in with the authorities. That part of the reason these are in the news is because they're unusual. That's what gets reported. That is the worst case scenarios, the outliers. Um, and online dating is a tool, exactly like you said. Apps themselves are value neutral, right? It's all about the ways that people use them that make them good or bad. I could also be murdered by a guy that I meet in a Target. Uh, because if I'm going to meet someone in the world, it's most likely to be in a Target. Yeah. You know, some people be like a bar, even a restaurant. It's a Target. For Target. Me. Um, you know, we don't necessarily know more about people that we meet at random or even friends of friends. There's always danger introduced in that. Um, the statistics are that you're most likely to be murdered by the people closest to you, right? Yeah, what up? <laughs> the people I love the most are going to hurt me. <laughs> I was listening to 2020 yesterday and I was like, it's always the husband, except sometimes that's the best friend. So really no one yeah. is safe. <laughs> So like, watch your fucking back, okay? I, you never know what I might do. <laughs> I didn't bring you into this world, but I will take you out of it. <laughs> um, so I don't know that there's anything uniquely dangerous about dating apps, except that it widens the circles of people that we potentially interact with in person in a vulnerable way. And it does eliminate, you know, there is at least a little bit of credibility in like a friend of a friend or someone that you spent time with beforehand. So I think it's just about using them with caution, safeguarding yourself a little bit. And again, this is not to victim blame anyone who had a horrible or even deadly experience, but thinking about uh, letting someone know where you're going, meeting in public, and then being aware of things like romance scams. If someone never wants to meet you in public and starts asking for money. You need Run. a FaceTime video of him walking around the oil rig. <laughs> I want to see him on the ship. Yeah. Uh, but yes, really the truth is relationships are messy and complicated and sometimes people murder other people. And it, that's not a new <laughs> invention with dating apps, <laughs> but they do uh, just let more people into your life. And that's ultimately what makes me anxious, letting more people into my life. Oh, let's shut it down. So that was that was a quick and dirty overview of the reasons that that Bumble app will continue to remain dormant, at least for a while. I love it. But what are these you? are all the things I think about whenever I consider going back to that app. <laughs> I know, it's 
messy. Then I have like a negative interaction with someone I know. And I'm like, it can only be worse on the internet, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're right. I think the things that we're doing by not going on these apps, I know chances are low, but never zero. Right. Never zero. The fewer people I know, the fewer people can murder me. (laughs) I just. Right. Statistically, it's true. Yeah. What if just like after we do this for a while, eventually like I know I could become a hermit and then I just never see anyone again because instead of facing our fears, I just get all consumed by them. Dig in deeper. (laughs) I think that's a real possibility. I I felt like there was a there was a timeline post pandemic where I fully became an agoraphobe. The tendencies were there. Then there was a killer virus. I stayed home for two years and I was like, do I have to go back out there? Yeah, I kind of liked it. But I am back in Target on the reg, so I guess it didn't happen. (laughs) I was a Target before this call. (laughs) Incredible. Well, that was great. Thank you. What are you anxious about this week? Let's see. Um, Mostly more awkward interactions with coworkers gotta love it um but honestly like I don't think I have to worry like because some of the like there's this one woman in particular who just like is kind of blunt and says whatever she wants without like thinking and I'm like you don't there's a lot of new staff this year and I'm like you don't I know for a fact you don't know these people that well is this the, the sh- woman who told you not having TikTok was a red flag? This was, a, this was, uh, no. This is a different person? <laughs> this is a different person. But they're like friends. So they do have like similar okay. uh, tendencies. But yeah, she's just, she. I mean, she said the other day to um, the SPED teacher that coach teaches with me, she basically said that he teaches like five kids in his normal class and then he teaches like five kids in the co-teaching class because there's another teacher and like minimizing what he does and I'm like you don't say you don't say that out loud like so I'm like oh what could I possibly say so I'm trying to like make myself feel better because I'm like I'm not saying that I'm good. good that's good yeah so mostly just like awkward interactions with people that I somewhat know I gotcha what about you? Oh, sorry. Um, you know, I'm always a little worried. And so yesterday I went with a friend to get, she was getting her ear pierced and I'm low on ear real estate, but I did want to get an earring swapped out. So I was looking at a couple pieces of jewelry and I'm just the worst at predicting how much earrings are going to cost. They're so small. Yeah. And so sometimes you're like, how much is this little cluster? And mm-hmm. it was just a little silver tri-cluster. And she was like, that's $120. And I'd asked her about that and another <laughs> earring, one earring. And fortunately, the other one was much more what I was expecting. So I picked that one. But there's this fear that when I get in that situation, I feel committed, even though I have not committed to anything yet. But fear of like saying no or uh, getting in conflict or looking dumb. I do think someday I'm going to accidentally spend more money than I, because it's just, I'll be like, it's too late. I'll take the $150 earring and I will wear it until I die. Um, for this one little silver, <laughs> like there's not even a stone in it. And so just the uncomfortableness of accidentally outpricing yourself 
is a thing that I find very stressful. And yeah, it's, it is, it's another form of interaction where it's like, how do I, you have to play it cool. You're like, Oh, interesting. Okay. And what about you pretend like it didn't just blow your brain that it's your entire grocery budget for the next several Uh months. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Good. Good to know. And how about this one over here? (laughs) Yeah. Those earrings, when you get good stuff, I know it can be crazy. I know. I know my friend got, uh, she wanted a, she got a, I always try to listen to the way the piercers say this one and so they like, I'm going to remember the pronunciation and mm-hmm. then it leaves my brain. Yeah. Is it the dop or the date? Mm. I- <laughs> she was getting that one. Good. And so they were looking at two different gold hoops, one with the captive bead and one that had like a cool twisty design. And first she wanted the one with the cool twisty design and it was fully $200 more than her other one. So she was like, okay, let's do the, let's do the bead one. <laughs> Oh my like a God. similar size, but because of the work, I think, and maybe the weight, it was more expensive, but I just, I'm terrible at guessing. So I, I need yeah. them to be like the jewelry stores with the little paper tag on it. So I can just yeah. look at the case and I don't have to embarrass myself with a conversation. Yeah. I guess that is like the thing, right? When you go to like a restaurant and they don't have the prices on stuff, you know, it's going to be expensive. Same with jewelry. <laughs> it is, especially with cocktails, right? Yeah. Or anytime the cocktail menu doesn't have prices, you're like, oh, so this oh is gosh, like $20. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. That's the one. Love it. But, um, what's, what's countering your anxiety? Let's see. I mean, probably Halloween. We're recording this in Halloween is like right tomorrow. Uh, yeah, so Halloween probably, and using this as an excuse to rewatch Hocus Pocus. Smart. As many times as I want. I love it. Yeah. I'm a little jealous because I didn't watch Hocus Pocus as a kid, so I have none of the nostalgia. I watched it as an adult, and I did not get it. And I know that there's other things that I watched as a kid that other people don't get. I totally yeah. understand, but I just don't have that. And it, I'm kind of sad because it brings other people so much joy. Yeah. It's definitely like a weird movie. <laughs> yes. So watching it, like trying to imagine it for you watching it the first time as an adult. As an adult. Yeah. And I'm like this doesn't make <laughs> any sense. And you know, I mean, Bette Midler and Kathy and Jimmy, I'm all for it. I'm very into camp, but that one just missed me. Mm-hmm. It did. Um, I had a slightly similar experience to Home Alone, although I did actually like that better as an adult for the first time. So you didn't watch Home Alone as a kid either? No, we didn't. Uh, and I don't, I'm, I'm not sure why we just didn't. That's That's like another one that I'm like, oh, that's the Christmas one. Yeah, and we watched a ton of Christmas movies. We were yeah. very into Christmas movies, but never that. Not one, Home so. Alone, no. But yeah, Halloween. I love seeing everyone's costumes. That's that's up for me too. Puppies in costumes. Ugh. Last night I went to a party and there was a dog walking around in a Superman costume. So sweet, really, really cute. His cape kept like falling off to the side. It was <laughs> kind of in the way. Um, and then also on theme, season three of Love Is Blind is a mess. It's just I a terrible mess. But it to start. It really is a good way to turn off your brain yeah. and just be like, what is happening to these people? And it I does mean, make online dating actually somehow seem more palatable. 
Yeah, because you don't have to be there with like Nick Lachey being like, I'm Nick Lachey, obviously. <laughs> obviously. It, nothing bums me out more than when 24-year-olds on The Bachelor or people on Love is Blind say something like, <sighs> this is my last chance. <laughs> if I can't find love this way, I just don't <laughs> think I can find love. And I'm like, no, this is the worst way to, especially The Bachelor, because your odds are one in 30 or whatever. It's not going to happen for you. This is not... And then they'll be like, I've been waiting so long. I'm like, There's you haven't just... even been driving so long. How can you? For real. What do you, I mean, imagine if there were like practical people like us on those shows, we would they just. <laughs> I just don't think we would be good TV. So I don't think no. we would be in any of the footage. Yeah, no, it would all be like, you like the Jonas Brothers? Can we switch? Let's <laughs> next, switch the rooms. Next. I don't, this doesn't interest me. They, the other woman would be like, I think you're here for the wrong reasons. And I would be like, absolutely. You're right. Absolutely. Am I going to marry this guy? Probably no. not. Might I get a trip to Switzerland? Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. I'm here for that. And actually I take it back. I want to <laughs> see Nick Lachey in person. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> you want to try to figure out what work he's had done? Yeah, kind of. And I want him to sing 98 degrees, obviously. By himself. Yeah, I'll help. Are you guys, the two of you are going to sing all the parts? Mm-hmm. All right. This sounds like a good plan. I think if they come to Seattle, because Love is Blind does focus on cities. That's the only oh. thing they do that sets people up for success. At least they mm-hmm. live in the same place. I guess that makes sense. The last one was Chicago. Where's this one? Dallas. Ew. Okay. <laughs> Dallas is a gigantic city. There's a lot happening there. I just have an aversion to Texas in general. I know, but I just don't know that Dallas is representative of all of Texas. Okay, fair. But yeah, so love is blind and Halloween. Those are... That's that's all you need. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. Crazy people everywhere on Halloween and love is blind. So <laughs> makes us look a little bit more sane. That's right. Making good choices because we're not on that show. That's right. Or swindling people. Yeah. We're killing it. Killing it. Killing the game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So look, the world is a scary place sometimes. So don't forget to take a deep breath. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore anxiety pod. We'll talk to you next week.